And I think along with that, another huge lesson is realizing that you need the kind of people around you who are going to tell you the freaking truth, no matter what it feels like. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Super excited to bring somebody that I have just recently gotten to know a little bit and finding out more every day, but incredible person. Cam Snow, welcome to Tribe of Leaders. Introduce yourself because there's too many things for me to share with everybody about who you are, and you're going to do a much better job as a copy guru. Yes. Thank you for the vote of confidence. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll give you the highlight reel. Yeah, my, my name's Cam. I'm a copywriter and a copy coach for service providers and other coaches. And I uh, spent six years in politics before I jumped into the internet marketing space and got in with a digital marketing influencer named Scott Oldford and became the voice of Scott for three years. And during that time, my copy was responsible for around $10 million in revenue. And I've also worked for some other big names in the internet marketing industry, um, Sunny Leonard Doozy. I've written for ClickFunnels for a little bit and just a couple other names that may or may not be familiar to people. And now I help entrepreneurs put the connection back into their copy so they're only ever working with their ideal clients. Which I love because I think copywriting is one of the things that most people get tripped up on. And it keeps them from really gaining the traction a lot of times in their market and helping the people that that they can help. But before we get into that, because I can hardly wait to dive into that, how did you go from being in politics to writing copy? And and in your bio, you describe yourself as a political operative. So mm-hmm. I yeah. need to know. I would say accidentally. So <laughs> I've always I've always been a writer. I'd like, I've had a natural love for writing. And so it's just kind of always been there. And in politics, I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of ghostwriting for people. And I guess some of what I did was actually copywriting, like sales copywriting. I just didn't know that that's what it was back then. And the political operative piece in politics, there's kind of three major legs of the stool that I kind of see. There's, you can work for an elected official you can work on the ground on a campaign or you can be a consultant doing strategy. And I did all three. The most exciting was definitely on the ground. And there was maybe a couple times where I went dumpster diving to get dirt on the opponents or may have stolen a yard sign or two, which is super illegal. And I, man, there's a story there. I'll tell you later if you want. I ended up in uh, working for an elected official 
2015, and I was following this guy, Scott Oldford, for a while, and I was starting to get more interested in copywriting. I started freelancing on Upwork, charging people for me to write stuff, and I had no idea what I was doing. And I saw a post one day from Scott. He was like, hey, we're hiring a marketing assistant. And I'm sitting on the couch, <laughs> and I saw this post, and I'm like, wouldn't that be crazy if I applied for that? And I was sitting next to my wife, and she kind of gives me one of those looks of like, you know you want to do it. Just, just do it. I'm just like, do it. You know what? I should do it. And like, she kind of let me talk myself into it and I applied for it and I got the job and it was like a light bulb went off and I was more excited to get that job than I've ever been to get any job in politics. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was onto something, <laughs> onto something okay. new because I never even conceived of a, an idea of a career outside of politics. Never. Really? No, ever. I thought I was going to go to DC and be the chief of staff for a U.S. Senate. That was okay. like, the big career plan. Thank God. That's, so I kind of fell into it. That's cool though. But well, it sounds like you had a kind of a guided yeah, I direction. So how do you serve your clients best? So the, the way that I really love serve, there's really like two kinds of entrepreneurs that I work with. There's like a very small group of people that I have the capacity to like actually write for them. And those, those businesses are typically bigger. And, but what I really love is working especially with other coaches, especially with service providers in the online space who are still getting the, the big messaging pieces figured out. Like, how do I talk about my story? You know, what does, how do I get people to actually convert? How do I get people to actually buy? And what does that look like in content and in copy? And so I really serve people best when I'm able to go into their story, help people see their own, their mm-hmm. own story and see the, the kind of deeper motivations for why they're even in business. Because I found that if I start there with people, then it lays a much, much stronger foundation than trying to just add marketing strategy on top of a foundation that's not stable. Because at the end of the day, if you're in business, you're a service provider or a coach, it's really easy to write copy for yourself as long as you know who you are. And that second part is where people get stuck. And there's also a lot of like tactical, practical stuff that can get in the way that we also, that I also help people through. But really, I love helping make people grow into being better messengers for their message, as well as helping them put that message together. Why is messaging so important? I think that's where people skip. Like, I've got my product and I'm doing some social media posts and my service and what their actual message is, is not consistent or doesn't have any meaning or doesn't connect with people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, messaging is, messaging is how you fit into the story of your customer, basically. And it's your, your customers going through their life, your clients going through their life. They've got their problems. They've got their family. They've got their personal life, their business, all these things that they're worrying about consciously or subconsciously and all the stuff that's getting in the way. And they've, they're living out their story. And when your messaging, which is your story, doesn't connect to them as it often doesn't, and it just like passes them by, then they never even know, they may never even know you exist or if they do and they're following you and they like your stuff, but they're not buying, then they don't know how your product fits into their story. Right. And messaging is the process of putting your offer, your product, your service, your coaching program into their story so that it helps them get to the next, the next chapter in their story. How can you generate leads with copy? 
Mm, man, that is like everything. Like, okay, so copy definitions here. All right, we're gonna back up a little bit. Definitions, yes. Um, I draw a distinction between content and copy. Okay. And a lot of people think about just content and I don't often enjoy creating content, but I love writing copy. Content is for education, inspiration, motivation, and copy is for conversion, period. Okay. Say that so, again so that everybody who just had like their jaw dropped to the floor yeah. can <laughs> it in. Education, information, or motivation, or inspiration, okay. motivation and inspiration, and copy is for conversion. Now, like those two things can coexist. You need content. You need to edu- you need to educate your audience. You need to build a relationship. You need to inspire and motivate them. Mm-hmm. But you also need that piece that converts, that like shows them that they have a problem. And this is how you use copy to generate leads. It is very direct about saying, hey, you have a problem. Here's what your problem feels like. Allowing them to self-identify with, oh yeah, that's that's a problem that I have. And then showing them, this is the problem you have. Here's the solution to your problem that you may not have known about. And here's how you fix it and apply it to your life. Go book a call, go buy the product, go sign up for the email list. Copy always has the end in mind. And you start with, okay, what do I want this person to do by the end of their, by the end of the time reading this? Whether it's signing up for your email list or registering for your webinar or buying your product or booking a call. Mm-hmm. Copy is always about very intentionally leading them to a point of taking an action and content right. has a different goal. So copy is really being far more intentional about the outcome and getting somebody to take action. Then. Mm-hmm. And you can use the principles of copy in your content to instill beliefs that they need. Like okay. I, I think that there's, there's room for creative license in copy or in, well, actually in content and copy. And when your content is like moving people along their customer journey of, I don't know, I have a problem to, Oh, I know I have a problem. How do I fix it? And then from there to, I know how to fix it. Who do I hire to help me fix it? Right. And that's kind of the customer journey and your content can help, can pull people along that journey. And at the same time, like just being yourself and posting silly stuff about you so that they kind of get a, a feel for your, your vibe and your personality and who you are as a human, because there's a lot of people out there that they could potentially work with. And a lot of times, especially if you're a personal brand coach or service provider, then they, a lot of times it comes down to your personality when all else is equal, like personality and you actually showing. Right, right. So how do you get people to the next step after they've started to identify that they've got stories to share? Your clients potentially starting to see or know what their stories are, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, we've talked about previously about how a lot of times people aren't thinking about their stories because it's just their life and it's not a big deal to them and they're not aligning that way. Once they start to see that, what's the next step for them in like sharing their story? Someone re- starts to realize, oh, what I thought was normal, other people don't think is normal. <laughs> That's like step number one of, oh, this is just my life. And, you know, like, right. you know, I grew up homeless or I grew up with a single parent. And, you know, I had to like start taking care of my my younger siblings at 14 or something. And, and you're like, whoa, wow, that's incredible. Like, oh, really? I mean, that's just, that's just my life. Right. And you realize that your story is interesting and everybody, everybody has an interesting story. Absolutely. Everybody. 
God made each one of us unique human beings. We all have a very interesting, unique story. It's just a matter of like seeing it and then telling it. So that's the first part, seeing it. The second part is, ooh, I should tell this story. In which case, a mindset gremlin pops up and starts pummeling you in the face. <laughs> in which case, the fear of being seen pops up. Fear of being vulnerable and like, oh, I don't want people to know that about. Um, all these little things that you wouldn't think come up, come up of, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want people to know that I you know, struggled with this particular thing and overcame it. Like that's in my past. I don't want to talk about that. So it's working through that and realizing that a lot of times your story is, it's to bring hope to people. It's to inspire people. It's to motivate people. And when you're connecting it to the thing that you do, especially if you're a coach, you're connecting it to the thing that you do. A lot of times as coaches and service providers and, and things, we have a story that can kind of mirror the, the ideal client's journey. And we've seen this kind of done ad nauseum in like the internet marketing space where you know, people are like, oh yeah, I know I was homeless and now I drive a Lamborghini and like now everybody hates that and reacts against it. And you've kind of seen that story and they're mirroring like what the client wants. And they're seeing that it's possible. Stories equal possibilities. Stories of triumph equal possibilities. Like, oh, they did it. I can do it too. So then the next step is like actually telling the story. And that's kind of where it gets tactical on like, okay, so how do I tell a story? So like one thing that you can offer to your audience is what I call the Bruce Wayne template. This is a great I named this after a client. I didn't have a client named Bruce Wayne, but it was inspired by a client. So okay. inspired by a client. And the whole idea is for a lot of people who haven't been sharing their stories or they have a new story that they haven't shared or they have a new product that has a new story. Anything where there's like, you can put something new to it. The Bruce Wayne template is all about going to your audience being like, hey everyone, you thought that I was Bruce Wayne in this aspect or even as a brand, but I'm actually back. And I've got all these awesome things to share because I'm Batman and Batman is cool. <laughs> Right. So the Bruce Wayne template has like super cool tools and gadgets and things. Yeah. And all this stuff that like, if you were talking to Bruce Wayne, you had no idea that he has all this cool stuff in his bat cave, but he has a bat cave, right? Like, (laughs) and so what this can practically look like when you're sharing a story is like, like when I shared, I remember the first time I I used this for myself, but it was kind of like, Hey guys, you know, I've been gone for a while or I, need to tell you something. It's kind of like a very personal kind of approach. And it's like, yeah, I haven't been honest about the fact that I've gotten this result for this client. I haven't been honest about the fact that I generated $10 million for a client. And like, I didn't want to talk about that for a long time because number one, it took me forever to even own it because I was like, nah, it's not even possible. Like found every excuse in the book to not own my results, which is actually just a form of reverse pride, which that's fun to realize. And then kind of like talking about some of the results that you have. It's a great way to bring forward results that you have, actually show them and talk about them in a way that's like, it's kind of like a humble brag. (laughs) It's a very approachable way. It's a very authentic way to just like, yeah, I'm owning this. Right. Like I'm not bragging about it. I'm just owning the fact that like, I can seriously change your life. <laughs> and if you want some of this, then like, you know, shoot me a message, comment below kind of thing. You can actually put a call to action to it. So that's like a very, very practical method for sharing. And it comes from the mindset of being vulnerable and actually like wanting to share and help people along your journey. I love that because it 
to me, it sounds very authentic and comfortable. Like you're not being overly, it's not aggressive. It's just like, Hey, like I really haven't owned this and now I am. Yeah. And I want you to know, because if you want help. Yeah. And it can work. And it can also work if you are already the kind of person who like is very consistent about sharing your results because it can work in the opposite where it's like, Hey guys, you've seen this big case study here. Like I'm doing a webinar later today where I've seeded this a couple times in my content, like, Oh, we boosted our webinar conversion rate, 286%, 37,000 cash collected. The whole campaign did 78,000 cash collected. Sounds great. And you can still approach it by being like, yeah, the highlights sounds great. What you don't know (laughs) is all the work it took to get there and the breakdown that happened in the middle of just being like, when it didn't work, the reason that we increased the conversion rate almost three times is because it didn't work the first time. I feel like I just kind of wandered around my apartment for a couple hours just being like, why am I even on this planet? (laughs) It's like, I'm a failure as a human. So there's like being vulnerable and sharing that like the highlights is full of human error and not perfection too. That's also a great, if you're already sharing your results, be like, yeah, I haven't really owned this. Like, making it more accessible for people to see that, oh yeah, you're not a superhuman because we often put that on people. Batman is still Bruce Wayne. I love your vulnerability in sharing this because I think you get to see that from a lot of people like, oh, I mean, rags to riches, you know, 100K, blah, 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 seven figures and nothing ever goes smoothly or perfectly. And nobody talks about the missteps, the failures, the epic launches that didn't work. And it's all learning experience. What's that? The epic launches that weren't. That you put hours and like your entire heart and soul in. Mm -hmm. But that's what entrepreneurship really is. Whether you're a coach or, or internet service provider or whatever, like none of it ever works the first time. Until you've had, you know, some like number of failures or missteps. Yeah. Maybe that, that ratio of first time working starts to kind of play in, but you've got, you've got the experience and the knowledge of what can help people. Yeah. You just got to keep going and and trying new things. So with any of your missteps or things that haven't worked, what's one of the things that you've learned the most? probably the biggest lesson is that your emotions are a terrible guide for anything. Like your, your emotional state does not necessarily indicate anything that's actually true. And when you feel like even on a very micro level, you feel like, Oh man, dude, this piece of content that I'm writing, it's so good. It's going to do so well. And then you post and it's like crickets. And you're like, you post something about like, ah, oh, this sucked. Like that content was supposed to rock and it gets a hundred comments, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it never, you're like, okay, what's going on here? Like you're, you're a terrible guide. <laughs> and also recognizing that a lot of times the fear that you feel. Um, and I think one micro lesson that I learned within this is people, all, people have been fairly consistent about telling me, I think in the entrepreneurial conversation that like fear is your friend. Like fear tells you where you need to go and not where you need to like stay away. And what I learned is that fear does not look like I thought it did. And that was a huge lesson for me. I thought that fear always looked the same. I thought it always looked like that feeling you get when you're like about to go down the top of a roller coaster, right. you know, that, Oh my gosh, you're, you're kind of yeah. sweaty. And like, 
that's not 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 always in fact often not what it looks like sometimes it's just like redirection and you get close to doing something you're supposed to be doing and you're like you know what i should be doing this instead. <laughs> and you walk away and you're like why did i spend an hour peeling potatoes when i was supposed to write a sales page yeah no hmm let me get curious about that so i would say the lessons i've learned are the emotional management side, the hidden conversation about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that some people try and have that conversation and it will always look, I think it looks different for every person on what, what fear looks like, because it doesn't always look like this big, scary gremlin. Right. And I would agree. It's that procrastination sometimes of, Mm -hmm. let me play with my CRM or my website or for a walk or adjust my client avatar for the hundredth time. And that's one of the places I lean on my clients because they tend to be similar to me where they're a little type A-ish and they suffer from perfectionitis disease. And and I know when I'm doing it now, so I can adjust a lot faster. So I'm, you know, it's like, just get it out there and move on. I'm curious too, like what has been your biggest learning experience from a leadership perspective of what has helped you? Leadership starts with yourself and that is so much easier to say than it is to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say like right alongside of that leadership doesn't happen alone. Um, You know, it's, there's, there's always, like if you don't have a support system, Mm -hmm. like we have this mythical idea, like the George Washington, like this hero on a horse riding into battle and like alone, which is total nonsense. total and complete nonsense. Um, you have to have a team, whether or not it's some like a team that you're paying, who's like, you know, team members within your company mm-hmm. or just like a mastermind or a group of peers, but like entrepreneurship will beat you up. And if you have it, if you're like listening to this and you haven't started on your entrepreneurial journey yet, it is the best thing you could possibly do. And it will ask way more of you than you thought you could give. And having people around you who recognize that is super important. And I think along with that, another huge lesson is realizing that you need the kind of people around you who are going to tell you the freaking truth, no matter what it feels like. The most damaging thing that has happened to me that I've experienced in my entrepreneurial journey is having people around me who are too afraid of me to tell me the truth and who told me what they thought I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. I had a situation where some people finally like said something, but they did it in such a radically wrong way that they misdiagnosed the issue, never asked me about the real issues and blamed someone else for some problems that I had. And it was a disaster. And like, I realized from that experience that I needed people who were going to be honest with, with me, not just in terms of telling me what's mm-hmm. up, but asking hard questions. Leadership is all about asking hard questions. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I love that because I presume you don't perceive yourself as a scary person. And then you find out that the people that you're relying on aren't asking you the questions or stepping up and that there is that communication gap. Too, like you've really got to look at yourself and yeah. be accountable for that. My first reaction is like frustration. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I want you 
to ask me the hard questions. I want you to tell me the truth kind of thing. And then I put myself in those shoes where I've put someone else on a pedestal and I've been intimidated by them. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're just going to mess up. <laughs> you're just going to like do something wrong. And then, yeah. you know, your, your fear never really lets you get to the point of like, well, I'm going to say something wrong and then I'm going to lose my job. And then like, I'm going to end up homeless and everything's going to be bad. Like, right. I mean, no, but it does. Yeah. I have to take responsibility for my own communication and recognizing like, okay, cool. I show up as intimidating for a lot of people. All right. What am I going to do with that? And how has that changed how you interact now? You know, that's a fairly recent revelation. That's a good, good question. The first step I think for me is literally within the past few months of recognizing and owning that. Like, oh, okay. I can intimidate people. And that kind of came bundled up in that realization of I need people around me who are going to like really tell me the truth and really call me out on my own nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just what I'm working through now. is just a process of trying to create little pockets of safety for people that I need for them to be able to, you know, tell me what's up. And I think that really starts with deeper vulnerability and deeper awareness and deeper honesty on my part to kind of like open up the space mm-hmm. because it's very easy as a leader, once you've kind of like internalized that, at least for me, like, oh yeah, I'm a leader. And it can kind of, you can go to your head mm-hmm. and kind of like show up as some arrogance and pride and hubris. And that's not healthy for anyone. <laughs> and it can, and the way that them can manifest is not wanting to show vulnerabilities, not wanting to show weaknesses, right. perceived weaknesses. Right. And then that doesn't, that never creates a safe space for people to give you feedback. Okay. I just want to thank you because it's, I think, a lot to share. And as I said, I appreciate your vulnerability because that's all of us. All of us have had that moment in some place where you're like, oh, I need to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And what are the action steps and who do I need to be to step into that and make the correction so the company can continue to grow and then. In the right direction people you actually want and creating the life you actually want. Mm-hmm. It's how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, when you're showing up and you're having problems in your business, you know, I recently got some feedback from my wife. She said like, I don't really ever know your intentions about things. Like you just don't communicate that. And like, and as soon as she said that, I was like, Oh man, that shows up everywhere in my business. <laughs> like, Oh man, I know that. Yep. So well, I get to work on that. And personal problems show up in, in business all the time. Yeah. Because so much of the business is you operating and executing on things. I was just talking to somebody this morning about that, about like there, people want to divide their work and their personal lives. And there mm-hmm. really isn't because of what you just said of really how you show up in one place is how you show up everywhere. And when we start looking at that from the whole, you get totally different results. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. I want to shift directions a little bit because you have a really cool story about your company name. And I would love to share that (laughs) or to know that. There are no white sheep. Yes. And this came from a realization that last year, 18 months ago, I'm not really sure, sometime within the past two years, of realizing that 
I was always kind of the straight A student, always kind of like the quote unquote high achiever and kind of just fit into that mold. That's the society kind of like laid out for me of like, this is what a straight A student does. And you're president of the debate club. And like you go to college, (laughs) these, these kinds of things. And you become a political operative. Yeah. You go into politics. Right. And what I realized, um, I was working with a company and my boss started, we were doing some kind of personal development stuff. We were doing some leadership calls and he asked, um, if I'd ever been told I was special and I was like, Oh, everybody told me I was special, <laughs> which apparently is pretty common amongst millennials. We're like, yeah. special, yeah. Everybody got the award. <laughs> like, yeah, I got my participation trophy and he's like, well, how does that feel now? I was like, feels kind of lonely. And like, it really hit me when he said that. And I felt like I'd had words for something I'd felt my entire life. And I was talking with a friend and the joke in their family is that they're a family of black sheep. And I was like, ah, it's crazy. Cause like, sometimes I feel like the black sheep cause I I'm special and I fit into like this different category. And I was like, well, you guys are the black sheep and I'm the black sheep. There are no white sheep. <laughs> and I realized that like, oh, we actually all feel like black sheep. Mm-hmm. At times we all feel like we're different we're unique. We're special. I think special is a dangerous word. We are all unique, but nobody's special. Right. Because special puts you into this separate category. And it was intended to be like this label of like accomplishment and prestige. And it's really not. Like, it, no, just, it is it very isolating. It's not helpful. Yeah. Very, very isolating. Yeah. Isolating. That, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. Black sheep. And for all the black sheep out there. Mm. Right, you have something called a black sheep manifesto. I do. So can you share what that is? Manifesto. The black sheep manifesto is is kind of what I call my story extraction process when I work with someone to kind of like pull out like what is their black sheep advantage, like what is their unique story, not their special story, (laughs) their unique story, because we all feel like black sheep and in order to connect with other people and realize, oh, we're not the only ones out there. You need copy. And so like the Black Sheep Manifesto (laughs) is is three questions, um, which is who you serve, Uh who's your client, why do they need you, and why do they want you? And that kind of encapsulates some, some of the big pieces of messaging, which is like, well, why do they need you? Like, what's the big problem? Like if you don't come along with your solution to solve the problem they're facing, like what happens? Why do they actually need you? And not in, not in a sense of like neediness, like mm-hmm. dependency, because you don't want that in a client relationship, but you want to bring awareness to like, okay, like how, how bad is this problem for them? Like what's actually going to happen if they don't, if they don't fix it. And then why do they want you is kind of like the other side of it is like, what do they want in their life that you can provide? And it also kind of encapsulates this idea of like, what's your unique kind of personality? Like what's your special, <laughs> oh boy, what's your unique little like combination of humor that right. is particularly attractive to this particular person where they get on the call and you're like, yeah, so why'd you get on the call with me today? And like, I don't really know. I mean, like, I feel, I know you can help me, but like, man, I just like vibe with you. And I was like, we just, we're still on the same wavelength. Like, sweet. 
So that, I mean, those are some really good questions to be asking just mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. And then we go down the rabbit hole, like all the way to the core of the earth. <laughs> so what can happen for somebody once that they've got their stories kind of um, in their awareness, in their consciousness, and whether they're writing copy themselves or, you know, they are having somebody do it, how can that impact their business? We're talking millions, Emmy, millions of dollars in revenue. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. So, um, but really like every single brand out there is telling a story already. And the question is, how much of that story is true to you? How much of that story is true to the client? Mm -hmm. And where can you make those two meet? And when you do that and you're telling the story that calls in the people you really want, it can really shift things. So one of my favorite examples is that when I was working with Scott, at the very beginning, the story was, now Scott's one of those guys who's been an entrepreneur since like forever. Like he, his first business when he was like 10 years old or something. Right. Right. And so we had like a, a lot of stories that we could tell. Well, the story at the time that I came on board in 2016 was his previous business in 2013-ish was his web, website design agency and things went south and stuff happened and he held on to the team way longer than he should have and he went three quarters of a million dollars into debt. And so that's the story we told of like how, you know, Scott Oldford went $726,000 into debt and how I, you know, crawled my way back and like used this method to you know generate leads and you know get out of it basically like the rags to rich kind of the rags to rich story the interesting thing is that obviously we brought in a lot of people who really resonated with that story and there were a lot of people who resonated with the i'm seven hundred and twenty six thousand dollars of debt part there's a lot of people who resonated with the like crawling out of it kind of struggle and it brought in a certain kind of people and we caught exactly who we asked for now, at a certain point, and that year we made like one and a half million dollars. We got what we asked for. Yeah, selling high, selling courses and high tickets. So, but at a certain point, it was like, okay, yeah. Um, Scott's like, I want to work with kind of a different kind of entrepreneur. We're kind of like over, over bringing the debt story that's bringing in the kind of people who are attracted to the debt story. And so instead, what happened like we didn't like make up the story it's just what happened we just told the story of what happened which is he built a business that he didn't like and now it's the pivot story it's the reinvention story it's like and so we started telling a story of like i built a seven-figure business and i blew it up because like i was starting to resent it i was out of alignment and that brought in like a very different kind of person of uh, someone who had seen success who mm -hmm. some of them had been at seven figures who had Done, poured their all into building this thing and got to the quote unquote top of what they, what they thought they were headed for and realized that they didn't like where they were. They were, didn't really like the audience anymore. They didn't like, they didn't like it. They're just out of alignment mm -hmm. and they really, they're like, we're not having as big an impact. And that, that kind of client, um, like really was attracted to that story to that connection that we made with the audience because of that. So and then from there, like that combined with some high level market positioning stuff and how we talked about the method that we used, that was kind of the explosion point. The mm -hmm. story was the first part. And then when we put on 
um, some really sexy marketing methodology, the ROI method, things just started to, to take off kind of like our hockey, our hockey stick. Right. Right. And yeah, so it makes, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Like there's that core narrative that you can tell. And then you've got little stories that you're, you're telling all the time mm-hmm. that people can relate to. This has been amazing. 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 Mm-hmm. Like just so many value bombs and just snippets that I think everybody can pull out for somebody who wanted to connect with you. How can they, they go about doing that? I live on the, the Facebook. So pro- the, the best place is probably the, the conversion copywriting and messaging for high performing entrepreneurs. Facebook okay. group. I'm also, I'm just on Facebook, my personal profile, camera, the game, cameras, right. no. Um, and that's, that's where I live. And you know, there are ways to get onto my email list. If you join the Facebook group, Okay, that's pretty much it. That's where awesome. I live. Join the Facebook group because I've, Facebook group. I've read some of your stuff. It's amazing. I like it. And you are an epic storyteller. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. It's been awesome. Absolutely. This is super delightful and I'm glad we got the talk. Same here. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner, and I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join.